what's up? <laughs> Thanks for being here again. I love it. Um, so I have some cool news. I had my first guest today on here and, um, yeah, he shared his story, shared how he's healing himself. And if you are too, then you're going to really gain some insight from him. So his name is Christopher Leone. I met him at Adrian College a few years ago and we've just stayed in touch and we kind of feed off of each other's energy and inspirational content. So I hope you enjoy and talk to you guys soon. Bye. Yay! Yay! <laughs> it's working. Finally. What's up? I can hear you pretty good. Can you hear me good? Yeah. Yeah, I can. What state are you in? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, huh. Yeah, I'm trying not to. I'm just keeping my eye on the wheel, you know? Yeah. I know. Um, I got to be like two hours outside of Cincinnati. I think I'm in Kentucky somewhere. Oh, shoot. So, yeah, like, I what? had to drive to Mississippi. Do yeah, wanna, what you the wanna heck? Hear, do you want to hear what happened? Yeah. So, basically, I'm <laughs> a boy. Yeah, like, what the? How? So, Did you so go to two, school? Th- three, no, no. Okay, <laughs> this, is what, this is what happened. In uh, November... 2016 like that was when I started playing pro hockey and when I was playing for the Kalamazoo K-Wings in the ECHL I got cut from that team and they sent me to Mississippi so my second week in Mississippi I get slashed in the face and lose two of my front teeth and then the next two teeth next to them broke in half and then a bottom tooth broke in half so crazy so what happened was i ended up on four teams after that so it was like this crazy Mm -hmm. roller coaster year but i couldn't get my teeth fixed because when you get implants in your mouth for one i had so i had to get braces Mm -hmm. for like a year right so i had to get braces and then i couldn't get my implants in for a couple years because i was playing hockey and if you get implants in your mouth and then you get hit again, you can literally break your jaw. So short story long, I was in Mississippi for because the insurance company didn't want to pay for my implants after the mm-hmm. three after the three years. Like there's a two year statute of limitation. So they say after two years you're supposed to have all the work completed. But there was like twenty reasons why I didn't have it completed in the time and so the, the insurance company's lawyer today was trying to dismiss the case, but he literally didn't bring anything with him. He didn't bring any of the documents. He didn't think I was going to show up today. And I showed, oh, up gun- shoot. I showed up guns blazing with all the information, like all these hard dates. And it was kind of embarrassing for him. I was like, is this really yeah. how like, the law works? Because... <laughs> He's trying to dismiss my case, but he doesn't have any evidence. He just came empty-handed. I was like, literally in front of the and then in front of the judge, he tried to say that he never got information, which was a lie. I had a I had a piece of paper with a fax from the dentist's office to the insurance to his 
uh, who he was representing. Mm-hmm. And it was just a, it was a crapshoot. So short story long, it's like $20,000 too. So it's not like a couple bucks, you know? Right. So it was just something I had to deal with. But um, yeah, just one of many things on my plate right now. But I'm glad I'm basically just road tripping back home right now. But Yeah, well, wait, why didn't you fly though? Was it just... I don't know. Uh, How far are we like driving? Being, I like I like being out on the open road, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> no. It's like that's, uh, that's a good question. I think everybody I talked to said, "Why don't you fly?" Mm-hmm. But I think it was because it was short notice, and I like driving. I don't know yeah. why, but I could have flew, but I didn't. Yeah, so. I got you. Well, right good on. for you. I mean. I don't know. That's that's kind of shitty, but so like, do you have to go back? Is it, it was it like a trial or uh, what was the status? It was, it was essentially like a pre-trial. Like yeah. they tried to dismiss the case, saying like he didn't get it done within the two years, so mm-hmm. therefore, because um, the law states you're supposed to get all whatever happens to you, the statute of limitations after two years, it's like void. Yeah. So if you have a workman's comp, it's void after two years. But then, like, there's exceptions to that rule because, like, for me, I was in five different states. I mm-hmm. had to get braces for over a year. So there was so many reasons why I couldn't get the work done in the time allotted to me. So it wasn't like I was just missing right. days and was just negligent. It was honestly, it was. Mm-hmm. It's kind of been a pain, but, and by the way, I still have two front missing teeth. So like, really, like I've been walking around with missing teeth. Actually, like you can't tell because I have Invisalign in and it looks like I have teeth, but I don't have teeth. So wait, you don't even have like the fake ones. There's like fake ones, like porcelain in my Invisalign right now. So like in my oh yeah 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 okay oh they look great they look great but but (laughs) still like sometimes if I'm feeling frisky I'll take them out and go out. (laughs) You should see the look on people's face. That's funny. Uh, Honestly, funny enough, that's been a confidence boost because if you could talk to people with no teeth in your mouth. And uh-huh. feel good about yourself. I'm telling you, yeah. it's a hidden superpower. You should try it. I wouldn't recommend getting your teeth knocked out, but <laughs> if you ever do, <laughs> it'll boost your yeah. confidence. That's so funny. That's weird you said that. I just wrote a um, a post last night about like flaws. Um, well, kind of like flaws that you're born with. So I mean, not not teeth not being knocked out, but um, how how it can like shape us to accept it all i don't know i just had like a realization last night like who cares like about like all my flaws like doesn't matter in the long run (laughs) so if i don't think i'm ready for my teeth to be knocked out but you're probably i have a funny i have a so true that you say that because like insecurities and flaws and things you're born with you can't help them but for some reason you grow up and I don't know if it's like society or what happens that tells you like you're not good enough and whatever you have on your body is not okay. Like honestly, weird enough, mm-hmm. I would I never got braces, but my teeth were crooked, right? 
So I had, I had, yeah. And I never got braces, and I always, I seriously couldn't stand to look in the mirror for a long time. Yeah. I had crooked teeth, and, and funny enough, in a roundabout way, now I got my teeth straight, and now I'm gonna have like gorgeous teeth. So exactly it's a and growing up too another thing was i had like two big moles on my face and i used to hate them and growing up i was so self-conscious about them but like people like you see like women with beauty marks and stuff and that's like a a symbol or something like yes it's really interesting yeah like um for example like the trend now is like putting fake freckles on your face you know what I mean? Like, there's actually makeup that I've considered buying, but some people, like, hate their freckles. Like, it's just so interesting, like, how sometimes we don't, we don't like what we're given. We want, we want what we can't have, and we think the grass is always greener on the other side, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, literally. Just water your own grass. Yeah, make yourself grow. It's so hard to think that way, but it's literally the only, a lot of life, um, answers are so simple but we always want to do the hard way or like mm-hmm. i don't know it's i think things are so simple but everybody wants to complicate very simple things yeah but yeah you should go read my instagram post when you're not driving what you just it's literally it's literally just what we talked about <laughs> about flaws Kind of, yeah, and like how how much more we'd live if we didn't recognize them as much. Like how how to simplify our life, basically. Like I spend all sorts of money on like products to like hide like I have genetically bad like eye hollows, like bags under my eyes, and I spend hundreds of dollars on products to like hide them. But why? Like why won't I just like live? Like who cares? It's not really gonna go away. You know what I mean? It, I could have, yeah. Like, if you have any good uh, eye makeup, let me know. Why? <laughs> I have bags under my eyes, too. I've, I've always had trouble, like, sleeping well and getting, like, good rest. Yeah. I used to be restless. I get better sleep now, but um, I definitely used right. to have that issue. But it's so true. I think, like, right now there's a huge trend with self-help. It's a multi-billion-dollar industry, right? So telling yeah. telling people they're not good and telling women they're not pretty enough and going back and forth with health, diet, meditation, yoga, mm-hmm. all this stuff is really confusing people because if you don't have a grasp on yourself, you're kind of getting tossed around in an, envi- right. in an environment where everybody doesn't know themselves, so everybody's giving their opinion based on one article they read eight weeks ago that they don't have a clue what they're talking about. So it's just mass confusion. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You ever hear people that are just like, yeah, did you hear about this? And then they, they can't explain it or talk about it, but then yeah. yeah. people are funny. But it's true. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's true. It's true. It's, it's a really tough thing in a world where everything you hear is you're not good enough and you need to do this mm-hmm. in a society where yeah. people are already struggling so much right now. Right. I think that uh, more people need to portray a mindset of just living simpler. You know what I mean? 
that that's like my new thing right now it's like how do how do i simplify my life because then it'll simplify everyone around me you know their life too so what what like, is that now, what does that look like for, you? for what was that what does that look like for you what are a couple of steps, um, what are a couple of steps you've taken here? yes um so I, last night and a few weeks ago, I've been cleaning out my studio room um, and my actual room at home. I've just been throwing away things that don't serve me anymore. Kind of like you throw away a person, right? Like, who cares? <laughs> they don't really serve me anymore. Is that what, is that what you do with people? Just yeah. yeah. Seriously. Just well, you have to protect yourself, right? Right. So I've been like... I've been really, like, grounding myself, I guess, with, um, um, like, throwing away things. I don't know if that makes sense, but just kind of getting to, to the root of myself again. And then also, I'm very, like, I'm not materialistic in the way that I spend, like, hundreds of dollars on, like, I guess thousands of dollars on, like, purses and stuff. But I do shop a lot, and <laughs> I'm trying to, like, I'm trying to understand that I have enough clothes like I have enough abundance of things um to simplify my life like utilizing. utilizing what I already have and then it just opens up a new realm of like perspective like you're just full of this abundance you know what I mean definitely. does that make sense no it definitely does <laughs> I think when, yeah. when you minimalize things out of your life and you take away mm -hmm. things it leaves room for new ways of being and yeah. to enter your life because if you have so many things in your life that don't serve you anymore it's almost you're you're basically clogging your mind with who you, yes. who you used to be so some, yes. something that served you two three years ago that you don't use that's still sitting in your closet or in your room you 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 actually subconsciously see that and you look at that all the time so yeah, yeah. it's almost like you're living in the past in a way. So when you can minimalize, you see people do that like with their homes, with um, mm -hmm. with really anything. I think the less you have, the more free you feel for sure. I think I get rid of yeah. stuff yeah. all the time now. I'm very simple with like my clothes and um, mm -hmm. in my living space. I think you see a lot of people now being really minimal because it's like yeah, what yeah. you see. A lot of people say you're a creative, like you're a creative, but a lot of people who are creative, <laughs> they could have like a dis, like discombobulated area and be fine because they're like a creative and they're kind of up and, up and down and artistic. And you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like that's the most. That's totally me. Yeah, right. But me, I can't be like that. I need every. Yeah. I need everything like textbook because if I wake up in the morning and my room's a mess, my head's a mess. Uh -huh. It's clutter, yeah. So it it all depends. I think that's all a self awareness thing because yeah, you really like you said simplifying things leaves room for growth. If you don't simplify mm -hmm. things at all, you're not going to really like realize what is serving you and what's not if you don't actually take yes. a look at your life. So like auditing your life, I think is really yeah. important. What was, the other, yeah. what was the other thing you mentioned? Abundance? And um, yeah, just creating abundance. Um, 
what was I saying? Oh, like materialistic things. I don't know. It's kind of all wrapped up. Grounding myself more. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Materialist. I hear a lot of people talk about because everybody talks about spirituality now, right? And it's like, what is yeah. what does that mean to you? Because so many people. I kind of have an issue with the new age spirituality because <laughs> I I do because. I like to think of everything as where are you getting your information from? Like yes. who, who is telling you what? You know, are you getting something exactly. from the Bible? Are you getting some? We talked about this before. I was like, are you getting something from a witch? I mean, if you want to be a witch or wizard, like be a witch or wizard <laughs> yeah. and learn from a wizard. But um, who you get right. your context from is super important, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. right because spirituality it's it's a belief system like a lot of people think spirituality is religion or religion is spirituality i don't think those two things no. are the same i don't either right and nope nope <laughs> so you're not religious then well okay i hope my mom's not gonna listen to this because i am but it's conflicting because i like I, I don't know it all goes back to how we got here and like the creation of everything I don't understand how it can be of a higher uh entity I'll just say entity um you know I just feel like there's such a bigger image and like purpose so but I grew up Catholic so I Me made too. my confirmation Me like too. I'm super not involved anymore, but I pray. I mean, I, I believe there's a higher um, divine energy. I just don't really know how to classify it as one single person. Does that make sense? I don't know. That does that does make sense. If, uh, yeah. I, so it's, it's sad, but I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know what to practice anymore because I freaking love Buddhism. I love Hinduism. And, like, that's such a betrayal on behalf of Catholic, Catholicism. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I, I was torn, too, growing up. I grew up Catholic, too. And I remember my parents, would we would go to church, and we never... The thing about me growing up is I, in my mind, question everything. I'm a very, mm-hmm. I'm a very analytical person, right? I'm a very logical person. So you have to explain things to me and tell me why. I need to know why I'm doing right. what I'm doing. Even when I was younger... I remember having conversations with myself. You have that voice in your head. And I was like, what are we doing here? What, like, <laughs> like, just tell me what. Like, I understand, you know, the story of Jesus and how he died on the cross for us. Like, I don't, I haven't even read the full Bible, so I'm not going to pretend like I did. But growing up Catholic, it was a way of yeah. life. I feel like my grandfather, my dad's dad, grew up Roman Catholic, he's Italian. We just went to church to go to church. Like, it's so funny, you go to church on Sunday, you're not better than anybody for one, obviously, but we didn't really practice being Catholic. So you're going to church and listening to somebody for an hour, read from the Bible, what kind of context are you getting? You're not getting real life examples. Like for instance, I've gone to a church recently, a Christian church, and it was so amazing because they're telling real life stories. There was a pastor and his wife, 
and they're talking about real life situations and how it relates to the Bible and how you should view circumstances in the in the eyes of God. And right. I'm like, okay, right. I can I can see how this works. This makes a lot more sense than just sitting there and being told if you don't listen to God or if you sin, you're a bad person. Like it's it's a really weird thing, religion in general, because it's almost a scare tactic in a way. It's yeah. like if you don't if you don't do this you're bad you're bad you can't like repent mm-hmm. when in reality god loves everybody and if you sin god sees you as beautiful automatically if you believe in god he loves all everybody the same no sins are different and growing up more and more i started to believe in spirituality because to be honest with you i've actually i just got sober so I just, um, I started to take on a new spiritual practice. So I saw, you know, Russell Brand? No, I don't. Russell Brand. So he was basically, you should follow him. So he's like a rock star, right? And he's yeah. about 15 years sober. And, wow. and he has, he's an intellectual, very brilliant, and talks about the 12-step program. I don't know if you know of Alcoholics Anonymous and the 12-step program. So I hit a super low last year, right? Mm-hmm. And when I was younger, like, we're about to get deep. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. We're literally put on your seatbelt, okay? Cause I'm, oh, it's on. Okay, I'm about <laughs> to go in. Okay. So I grew up Catholic, and I was like, what is this all about? I never felt the presence of God. I never yeah. felt... Um, this energy or everybody talks about God as being this this healing being, this all-forgiving being, right? But mm-hmm. if you really listen to the Bible and read the Bible, he's a spirit, but he's as physical as he is spiritual. People believe in spirituality, but people, I just read a book called The Veil, and there's this guy who was talking about spirituality and he basically said the spiritual world is just as real as the 3d world so fast forward to when i was hitting a low when i was younger i had all this stuff happening to me right i wasn't believing in god because i had a bunch of troublesome stuff in my house like whether it was like family fights or we had some dysfunction in the house i'm like I remember saying this at seven years old. How is there a God if this is happening? So at a young age, at a young age, I put in my mind, how is there a God? How is there a God? How is there a God? So if you do that, you're programming yourself to think negatively about the spiritual realm and God as a healer and as the almighty, right? So fast forward to this past summer, um, I hit a low, and I was listening to Russell Brand, and he had a book about the 12-step program. And the 12-step program is basically a, a way to live to, I, I call it like, a, it's almost like Jordan Peterson's 12 Steps to Life, like her 12, yeah. what is it, 12 Rules of Life? 12 rules of life, yeah. 12 rules of life. The 12-step program is essentially just like that. It's almost like you're powerless over drugs or alcohol. 
then you admitted to a, a power greater than yourself and blah, blah, blah. And it goes down a list of 12 things so you could better yourself. And honestly, for me, I was at such a low. I didn't have much left in me. Like, I'm dead serious. Like, I was, I was in Charleston, South Carolina. I had a huge injury. I was isolating myself yep. for a couple of years. It was my third year of professional hockey. And I didn't have anywhere to go. And right. I went to the, like, I started going to AA meetings. And AA saved my life. And it was the most beautiful thing that ever happened to me because it gave me an outlet when I didn't have one. I saw, I've seen psychologists before, but what happened to me was I became completely spiritually broken. My whole life, I've only believed in myself. My whole life, I was the judge, jury, and executioner of my life. I, I dictated every decision I made. It got me to play 100 professional hockey games. Um, I've won national championships. I've won state championships in hockey. I won awards at Adrian my senior year. And it was amazing what happened to me. I ended up completely spiritually broken thinking that, like, it's tough to wrap words around what actually happened. Honestly, I just completely like lost myself. I lost myself yeah. in hockey. I thought hockey was my identity. I didn't realize there was a separation from my ego and my soul that I felt. And yeah. I had this like come to moment when I was in Charleston that I needed to get help. And I was at a super low and I, I, I got help in Charleston and it saved my life. It was crazy. But spirituality and the 12 step program and finding a power greater than myself literally got me in, out of the darkest time of my life. Yeah. Well, can I ask? Um, Cause it, it's very interesting to me cause I've been in a situation where I've isolated myself and I know someone who's currently doing it and it does nothing for anyone. Right. But why? Like, why did you why did you isolate yourself and kind of create so, that lonely reality? So this dates back to a long time ago. So yeah. when I was seven years old, I remember chaos in my house. Mm-hmm. Like when my dad got angry, it was a tornado, and yeah. and I was the youngest of three boys. And this was the first time I ever talked to myself. This was my, I honestly don't, I have one other memory before this and it wasn't a great one. It was my first ever memory was a memory of abandonment. And it wasn't any, it wasn't anybody's fault. It was, we went to Canada, my dad, my mom, and my family went to go visit my cousin. And I remember being in my head. So I was, I don't know what this was. Like, I'm still thinking back and I'm still learning about what this was. I don't know if I was always fully conscious or I just lived internally forever. Because when I was young, I was five years old, I remember having conversations with myself, like, almost like hanging out with myself. Like, I felt like an illusion in life. Like, Mm -hmm. like, 
it was like everybody was walking around me and, and not paying attention to me. So I felt abandoned. I was like, I was like five years old. So fast forward two years, all this stuff's going on in my house. And I told myself in that moment, Chris, you have to be a man now. It's time to be a man and you got to suck it up. You can't tell your parents that you're ever hurt if you're ever hurt. So from, from seven on, I never told my mom when I didn't feel good. I never told my dad when I didn't feel good. And, And I didn't really like, my childhood was essentially stripped from me. And it was my doing because I chose it. I made a decision at seven years old to be a man. So when like, I honestly didn't have that fun as a kid because I was always so serious. Like for me, it was always yeah. do or die. Like, I'm not kidding. My childhood, you could ask people who are around me, even people who are probably gonna listen to this are gonna be like, holy, different dude that I knew in high school or or younger because I was an angry kid because I didn't know any different I was like so hurt on the inside so I portrayed bravado and anger and aggression and masculinity on the outside but I was completely broken so what did I do whenever I had problems I didn't reach out to anybody but also even more importantly and deeper think about this like i wasn't mature and i also never had dialogue like i never had dialogue with anybody about problems like a lot of men struggle with this i know men all the time that have a lot going on and they don't tell anybody about it you know yeah like i have some girlfriends and they're always talking to each other like hey guess what happened today da 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 right and Mm -hmm. you're you're having that dialogue back and forth to help each other guys don't do that no but but that crushes them because not having that dialogue if you don't have that support group you're going to internalize a lot of really important things so that's what i did and what happened to me was i was in adrian and i got prescribed adderall my senior year in college right yeah so i get prescribed Adderall, which honestly, I don't know how Adderall is legal, and I, I truly no. mean it because it's it's obviously if you you would test positive for methamphetamine, you know that. But yep, essentially everybody could test for ADD. Like everyone's like, I have ADD, I have ADHD. It's like, do you really, or do you just have? trouble because you have a phone an ipad a laptop a tv (laughs) on in front of your face you're lazy yeah (laughs) or like you you know you have a discipline problem or yeah you know what i mean um yeah so i got prescribed adderall in college and what happened was i really believed the combination of childhood trauma and a heavy stimulant the thing about adderall People don't understand, or if you do understand, or if you've taken it, Adderall helps you focus, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't tell you what to focus on. Oh. So, so if you're if you're in the library, you're gonna study, you're gonna do whatever's in front of you. But if you're in your phone, you're gonna stare at your phone for eight hours and think five minutes went by. If you're in your head, like I was and you're thinking about a memory that's traumatic 
you're re-experiencing that trauma over and over and over and over again. So that's, that's what started happening to me. And I didn't know what was happening to me. So I was getting, I was so in my head, I started to become delusional. Like yeah. I seriously was delusional and I didn't know it at the time. I just knew I was becoming more anxious and more depressed. And with me, I've always been a doer. So I was killing it. I, I ended up my senior year in college. I was an all American. I signed a professional contract. And at the end of the year, I won the student athlete, senior male student athlete of the year award. And I was completely out of my mind. Yeah. So like, I was completely, so that trajectory from that point forward, it spiraled into a three year, honestly, in a way up and down like roller coaster. Yeah. And so at that moment or at that point in your life, did, did you turn to spirituality then or was that in the later years? No, no, I was in denial. I was mm-hmm. in complete, I was in complete denial. Their spirituality, I was like, what the fuck is that? Right. Get me, get out of here with that shit. Mm-hmm. Spirituality, you weird hippie. That's what I was saying. <laughs> but it, it was because I was broken. I was sick. Right. I was seriously sick. At the time, I was addicted to multiple things. Um, I was a, like... I had multiple addictions. Uh-huh. I was addicted to women. Um, a lot of childhood trauma that I had, I coped in it with, in different ways. And until I took a deep look at my life from an outside lens, how many people just judge themselves and really take a hard look and audit their whole life? I kind of, I was. Oh, you're breaking up. Because I hit a rock bottom. For me, it was life or death. So. Can you hear me? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, it was reconnecting. So for me, it was was life or death. I had a three-year period where. In mm-hmm. my mind, I was right. like, Chris, something's wrong, something's wrong, but I didn't know what to say. I remember at the, I remember at the time, um, I was dating, um, my girlfriend at the time was Catherine, and when I visited her in Chicago, I remember like being just like out of it, and I didn't know what to say. I didn't, I couldn't even say I needed help because I didn't know. I seriously was like, Another oh, thing about sure. Adderall, it's like putting handcuffs on your brain. Adderall will completely delude your brain and have oh. you thinking like one lane on a highway. Like you'll be so singular and you'll be so disconnected from reality. And that's what happened. I got prescribed in, in college my senior year and I didn't know what it started to do to me. And I mm-hmm. didn't think, well, you should stop. I just kept taking my prescription. And and at the time, it was completely destroying me. I wasn't having fun in hockey. Um, I wrecked my relationship. Our relationship went like I couldn't 
I wasn't yeah. I was just in my head, like, falling apart, really. Mm -hmm. Because I was playing professional hockey, essentially my whole dream, right? Playing professionally hockey. And in my head, in my mind, I was completely sick. I was just completely sick. And I, at the time, I didn't feel like I had anybody. Yeah. I didn't feel like I had any support or anything. It sounds terrible, but when you're in that, when you're in that, you don't, before I understood, like, before I had the alarm go off in my brain, which was after my second year of pro hockey when I was in uh, Cincinnati, after that happened, I didn't, I didn't know who to, who to talk to or what to say. But fast forward, that year happened. I was completely isolating. I ended up not taking mm -hmm. Adderall for two months in the summer, going into my second year of pro hockey. Crazy, crazy enough, I killed it in training camp. Yeah. What did I do after training camp? I got my prescription for Adderall again. My second year of pro hockey, I realized I wasn't making a lot of money, right? And I'm a, I'm a smart yep. dude. I like investing in what happened. I started investing in Bitcoin. The Bitcoin market went crazy. So my ego started to mm -hmm. flare up. So... I thought I had everything handled, right? I'm playing amazing hockey. I had the best year statistically in my life. And I'm literally on a roller coaster <laughs> yeah. on my way up the Millennium Force about to, like, hit the bottom. And I had no idea. I was killing it. I was, I was partying. I um, was in a relationship. At the time, I was making a ton of money. Like, oh, wow. I ended up making over $100,000 in three months, right? So, yeah. and this was, I just learned how to trade stocks. So, I went from having the childhood trauma, hockey was my whole life. Mm -hmm. I was coping with issues that I had in not healthy ways, like whether I was smoking weed when I was anxious at night or I was taking Adderall for energy in the morning or whatever it was, I would escape. When you don't feel good yeah. and when you can't handle your life, you find a way out and you escape. So when I was in Cincinnati, I thought everything was going well. I was playing really good. Come at the end of the year, I started getting unhealthy. Like what happened was, my season was amazing, had the best year statistically, but mm -hmm. my mind yeah. was so far off. I felt like the Wolf of Wall Street. Like, I couldn't, I w I couldn't do any wrong. Like, I, I'm like, I just had the best year statistically. I just made all this money. Right. I'm amazing. I, I have a good relationship. What can go wrong? I'm doing, what, like... I, I didn't know better. I'm like, I'm a good person. I'm doing things the right yeah. way. Like I was the first to the first to the ring, last one to leave. I was yeah. dieting. I was healthy, but I was using substances. I was coping with substances and it was altering my brain. And I didn't know that that would lead me to a very destructive mm -hmm. next year where I literally hit rock bottom in Charleston. You just internalized it all. Basically nobody knew about it. And I've internalized most of my life to be completely honest, but 
I, I've known that I have this higher calling and what brought me back to reality mm-hmm. and what got me completely sober was knowing that I have a gift to give the world. What happened to me at, what happened to me at seven years old and the way I've internalized life, it's allowed me to see things in life from a very unique perspective. And I believe I have a calling from God to show the world and show people through my uh, experience of what I've had to endure and what I've accomplished and what I've overcame Mm -hmm. that if you're in a very dark place, you can get through it and you're loved and and people care about you. And it's not the end. And when you feel like you're in a very dark place, because I mean, I didn't feel like I had a way out. I mean, I, was suicidal for every day for wow. almost like maybe Jeez, almost a whole really? year. Like every oh. day. Yeah, it was really bad. Yeah. I was in Charleston. I remember this is when like I got dead sober and I, I was in Charleston. I was crossing the bridge mm-hmm. because we lived on Daniel Island and you cross this bridge every day. And I remember like, Something oh. nasty inside of me like, really? would tell me to turn the wheel. Like, and I had that, oh. I had that every day for like five, six days where like I, I was contemplating my life and contemplating like how I isolated myself yeah. so much and didn't realize it. I was like playing victim. Like I was like, I was like. I'm going to make it to the NHL. If I get here, I'll be happy. If I just suck it up and work harder. And like, I, I've always thought in my life, I had to do yeah. more and accomplish to be worthy of love. And that's, that's where things got really tricky for me because my problem wasn't doing more. I didn't need to do more. I needed to do way less. I needed to find God mm-hmm. and to, reframe my whole life you know like I blamed a lot of people for a long time in my life and the only thing that it did was break me like the only thing that it did was break me but at the end of the day my life was saved in Charleston and I'm so grateful and thankful for everything that happened because I truly believe that I have a calling. Yes. I've always wanted to be an inspirational speaker, not a motivational speaker. I think motivation is leading. I've always overcame everything I've ever endured in my life. I chose and took a very bad route mm-hmm. when I chose to cope with problems by escaping them. Um, because in life, if you escape, you're going to have to confront those things. Yeah. You're, there's no, you can lie to everybody in your life. You can lie. To that is so true. But you can't lie to yourself. And I was lying. And I was lying to myself, but I was so sick. Yeah. And when you're on drugs, you believe those lies. You justify those lies. So you're all, you're basically, mm-hmm insane in your mind you're not healthy you're justifying why you're doing what you're doing and you're also playing victim and blaming 
So you have, I essentially had 10 layers to unravel before I got to yeah. my baseline. Well, I don't think I they heal begin all the, the way, really. Healing. I mean, I think it takes so long to do. And that, like, that, yeah. I think, I think we never fully, truly, there is no yeah. end to finding yourself. And it's a beautiful thing. Because at any moment, if anybody's listening mm-hmm. to this and you're in a very bad place and you don't feel there like is. there's a way out, right now there's a way out. Because I care, I love you, and yeah, I'm telling you, I, I didn't want to live. Like, I didn't think that there was a way out. You, there was no telling me that my life was going to get better. I was a professional hockey player. Mm-hmm. I made $100,000 in three months. I had a gorgeous girlfriend. Yeah. My life was amazing on paper, and I was sick. I was sick. I was sick. And I thought playing professional hockey, I thought happiness was a place. I thought if I just did more and accomplished more, my life would be fulfilled. But essentially, mm-hmm. I was just trying to live out a dream that wasn't mine. And I was the youngest of three boys. I was trying to live out a dream and it just not natural. Well, can I I say something though? I think that, I mean, obviously you you get where you have to go. You go through what you have to get, like go through. So, I mean, essentially that is like what you went through was what you needed to go through. Like, even though it sucked, you're exactly right. The thing about the thing about the the thing about no, it, honestly, yeah. that testament that I just whether told you liked you it or not changed my life. Life doesn't happen whether I yes. liked it or not. Life doesn't happen to you; it happens for you. I firmly believe that. Everybody in their life, obviously, there's. Um, exceptions to mm-hmm. this rule, but I truly believe yep. whatever you Yeah, just are, like you're supposed to meet moment, certain people. You're supposed to be there. Because 100% and depending on the energy level or the consciousness or the energy you're at mm-hmm. and the vibration that you're at, you'll be able to meet them at that level. But it's earned. I thought at a certain point I yeah. was your like, ego I was taking this. over. I should be here. I earned that. My ego completely mm-hmm. took over. And what happened? You are attracting I was that. getting that reflected back at me. So I mm-hmm. was getting, I was attracting toxicity, negativity, hurt, yeah. hate, um, toxic people i was attracting what i was Mm -hmm. on the inside because you can't heal people heal people and if you're not if you're not healed yeah you need to change yourself and your ways what happened to me had to happen i didn't have i didn't have have a choice but it's powerful because i'm grateful i'm i'm healthy now i'm on the road to being who I always wanted to be. The thing about me is I've always mm-hmm. been a high achiever accomplisher. I get after it every day, but I was sick. I was, I was sick and I isolated myself and I've always been this person like, no. I'll do it all. I'll do it all. But 
that's not God. God doesn't want mm-hmm. you to be alone. That's not God. That's the enemy. Yeah. You, if life is about community, when you hear people talk about mm-hmm. this is what I'm going to get, this is what I'm going to do, be careful. Be careful what you ask for. Exactly. Because a lot of things that I asked for, I got, and I did not want it. You know, so at the end of the day, it's just about being really truthful with yourself because I truly believe life gives you mm-hmm. as much as you can handle, obviously, and life is about bearing the biggest burden that you can, meaning taking the biggest responsibility that you can mm-hmm. in your life and being completely present with it and owning it. If you can't, if That's you can't so make true. your bed in the morning, how are you wow. going to change the world? If you're going to a business meeting, if, if you're going to a business meeting and you're stoned mm-hmm. out of your mind, how yeah. are you going to be Grant Cardone or Gary Vaynerchuk? Who do you yeah. think you are? The, the entitlement. I was entitled. I thought, you know, I, mind you, I worked so hard. I worked so hard. It wasn't a lack of work ethic for me, but I had my shadow self that wasn't being present and exposed. If you have secrets, yeah, you're only as sick as your deepest secret. And if you, if you don't bring that to light, you can't heal. And I'll tell you what. Since I told my truth and my story, I've had more people love on me and more people respect me and more you people know care why? about me. Because you released that life, energy ever. block. Like literally there was a block internally, <laughs> which created an external block as well. But now that you're open to this and understanding of how you're healed and healing, um, other people will... I don't know if they'll they'll resonate with you, but you're being susceptible to other people. Does that make sense? Yeah. It does make sense. And I think I'm I'm grateful Uh for all of it. I'm grateful for, I think it's an opportunity. And I'm, I'm really taking on this responsibility and the gift that I was given a long time ago because I always knew I had it, but I didn't know what my calling was. And honestly, I know what it is now. And I'm just, so what are your next steps to one day at a time? completing, completing your purpose here? What do you think that you need to do for yourself? Cause for one, it's continue, it's continue to humble and ground myself yeah. as step one, continue so surrender every day, every day, surrender to my ego, surrender to where I think I should be and where I am, because there's a big misconception, mm-hmm. I believe, about where people think they should be and where they currently are. And I think it's an entitlement issue and I think it's a responsibility problem and I think it's a lack of patience problem. And I think it's an ego and lack of self-awareness problem. It's probably all the above. And for me, it's continuing to learn about myself. So I I do a lot of meditation. I meditate every day. 
Dr. Joe Dispenza. I do his. Yeah, Dr. Joe's amazing. I do I his it. guided meditations. His book of his book called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself has been my has been my Bible. And so I'm not a meditation expert, but I do understand the idea of sitting with yourself, letting the thoughts come yeah. and realizing you're not your thoughts. People are like, What? You're not you're not your thoughts, but when you can become the person observing uh-huh. the person thinking the thoughts, your life will change. And that's what happens. Yeah. You are the experiencer, not the experience in life. So I yeah. am going to continue to be the experiencer. I'm going to continue to learn from my mistakes and be a vehicle for truth and integrity and commitment and honor because I believe I have a message that I need to share like this isn't about me anymore. This isn't about even my story. This isn't about where I want to be. This is about the message. And I want to make that clear because I don't want to be famous. I don't want recognition. I want this message to be heard because I know there's millions of men who feel just like I do, whether they had fathers who weren't emotionally there for them or they just didn't have, close relationships with men in their life and they feel left out and they feel lonely and they don't feel like they have a way out, they have a Mm -hmm. way out and they're just as strong as me, if not stronger. And I want this message to be heard because it's very important because people aren't talking about the important things right now. And this needs to be said and I'll I'll bite the bullet and share my story so people could judge me and say, oh, my gosh, this person did drugs. This, how am I going to listen to him? No. This, is for, this isn't for them. This isn't for the person judging me because God doesn't judge like that. Mm-hmm. This is for the person trying to heal because I'm healing right now, and I no. want this message to be heard. I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect. In the, uh-huh. 12, in the 12-step program, it's about progress, not perfection. Because perfectionism is just a scapegoat to not do. When people, I used to say, oh, I'm not posting this because I want it to be perfect. No, I'm insecure. (laughs) No, I'm I'm afraid to be vulnerable. Just put it out there. Put your truth out there because it's about growth. You're not going to grow if you think you need to be perfect all the time. So what's next is me writing a book and continuing to write blog posts. I'm going to continue to put out content and my five-year goal is I want to build a community. I want to get into real estate and I want to get into section eight housing because I believe there's a Mm -hmm. lot of people who would really appreciate living in homes that are underprivileged and aren't able to buy homes, whether it's they have bad credit or whatever. And with section eight housing, I know the government gives families who can apply for Section 8 housing, say, $800 a month or 500 Right. Oh, hold on. Affordable housing. Also, I'm going to start a career. I do need to make money. So right now, I'm trying to get a sales job because I want to make money. My goal is to get into the corporate world and 
make good connections and just be a hard worker and keep my head down. We'll see what happens in the next little bit. I'm going to work hard, but the end, the end goal for me is yeah. to be a motivational speaker and to speak and be an author and a writer. So um, I have a 10 to 20 year vision of what I want to do. And I'm really taking it slow. I'm, I'm trying to play chess in life now. I have a 20-year vision. So I'm being really patient, even though I'm working yep. really hard every day to be better and just take it one day at a time. I, I honestly, I have a 5 to 10 to 20-year vision of what I see myself doing. Mm-hmm. And um, hopefully in, in 10 to 20 years, I could help 100 million people. That's the end goal. So... Yeah. That's awesome. You will. Yeah. You will. You have so much to say. Like, I mean, one page at a time, right? If you're going to write a yeah, book. I'm writing a book. I, I, as long I, as you're just chip, chipping away writing, at it. Um, <clears throat> since the first day I got sober, I've written almost every day. Wow, yeah. that's awesome. I, I'm i having a hard time. I'm actually trying to write a book, too. Um, but... I, <laughs> I've been trying to write a book for years and I think that I put too much, like I put that in my mind too much that now I'm like, like, you know, when you tell people your dreams, right. Then you're less likely to like complete them. You know, oh, that's I a fact. believe that. I even heard, I even heard yeah. if you don't write it down, like it's almost like a mandatory that you have to write it yeah. down. Yeah. Some people think it's enough to have it just yeah. in your head. It's not. It's almost, I think, I don't know if there's actually no. a stat on that. Um, and I don't know if it was Tony Robbins. I think it was Tony Robbins who said it. But they said you need to write it down. It has to be on paper or you're not going to manifest mm-hmm. it. And I truly believe that. Um. Yeah. So speaking of manifesting, I think this will help you um, for sure. So have you heard of like scripting I have before? Not. Please. Okay, so you need to do this. And I did actually, I did a podcast about it, kind of. Um, But long story short, you get a journal and you dedicate this journal to um, just manifesting. So you write down instead of your past, like we don't want to focus on our past anymore. That's irrelevant at this point in our lives. Like no one should really journal about your past or your current day. So Instead of writing, oh, today I, w- I went to this place, I did this, whatever. No, like, so you're going to wake up and first thing in the morning, you're going to journal. Um, and you're going to journal your dream day, like your dream job and what you're doing, where you are. Um, what does it look like? What does it smell like outside? Like, you're going to be very descriptive. So you're going to basically paint the picture for yourself. And then as, as this goes on and you do this daily... You're going to start imagining this in your mind and you're going to be creative and you're going to visualize. Um, and that energy right there, you are sending that out as, as if it's already happened. So that is like the most powerful thing you can do for yourself and your dreams and goals. I, li- I literally, I literally like, feel it's kinda it right like, now. Like I'm doing it right now. Like I just did a little dose of it right yes. now. And I could, yeah. I could smell the rose. Yeah. So I, um, I did this for my, I kind of told you, um, my boyfriend's brother, I did this for him cause he really wants to go to Iceland and 
whatever. It, it's just a long story. But I walked in his room. I said, you're never going to go if you don't get out of your room. If you don't read a book, if you don't do this. So I pictured this for him. Like I drew this whole image out for him. I said, um, he wants to do like tarot readings. And I kind of literally like was so descriptive with it. I was like, you're going to be sitting in a coffee shop in Iceland. Um, I was like kind of explaining the scenery and he brightened up like his whole face. Like I could feel him believing in himself and I walked out of that room and I was like, damn, like, he is inspired. Like, he told me he was inspired. Just because some people forget, like, you can think something, but to have a visual and have a perspective, like a um, a glimpse of what it could look like, it's such a different I'm so glad you said that. Within it's so yourself. true. To be honest, yeah. I've done that my whole life. My whole yeah. life, every, yeah, yeah, everywhere I've ever envisioned myself being, for the most part, I went there. And I mm-hmm. honestly think I didn't dream big enough and I need to make my dreams bigger because um, it's so true. I call it the Conor McGregor mentality. If you see it in your mind, you can hold it in your hand. And yes, it's not fake. People think that, and this is coming from limiting beliefs, right? Because you're limited to believe is true for you. And mm-hmm. if something isn't true from your perspective, if yeah. you think you can't do it, you can't do it. <laughs> you're not. No. Gonna, you're, you're putting, putting that, out, that there. out there, and that's going to come right back. And you, yeah. it's it's really important to have it in the. It. People think it's arrogance and cocky. It's not. I don't know where that came from. I don't mm-hmm. know where that mentality came from, but it <laughs> needs to stop. Oh my gosh, I so understand. It needs to stop to tell people to not have confidence <laughs> and to not. It's for one, it's misguided. It's saying, don't tell yep. me what your dreams are. Don't tell me you want a better life for yourself. How dare you want to get out of your current circumstance with a higher thought process? (laughs) You know? Right. Yeah. How come we, how come we think like this? Kind same with like, um, so another thing like affirmations, I don't know if you partake in those. Do you? I have like these seven. I've been saying in the morning, like I deserve wealth i am yeah i don't do it enough i i was just uh i was gonna start doing it because in dr joe dispenza's book you literally rewire your thoughts based on what you tell yourself even if you don't believe it yes even if you don't believe Mm -hmm. it this is the trick if you're a negative nancy and you're always negative you can rewire that even if it hurts you, even if you're like, oh, it hurts, I'm so negative and I hate everybody, you can rewire that. I used to be like that, where I was like yeah. envious of people. And you, if you just tell yourself that, I want to hear your, how, right. you, uh, how you do your practice, but it's hard. It's not easy because a lot of times you're saying something and you don't believe it. The trick is well, to say it, even if you don't feel it. Yeah. Well, and and then you will feel it. Like, I will tell you, 
before I knew about Dr. Joe's Dispenza, I started doing affirmations, right? And I, it's basically faking it until you make it. Mm-hmm. Same with like, um, I don't, uh, kind of like my, I have scoliosis, right? I love talking about this. I get so like crazy about it. <laughs> so sorry if I talk fast, but so Dr. Joe Dispenza taught me, you can re- rewire your brain, obviously, but you can also heal yourself physically. Um, like he healed his spine. Did you know that? Hello? Dr. Joe healed his spine? Yeah. So um, you need to watch a documentary called Heal. And he was in a, I think he was biking and he was in an accident. He was paralyzed and he had two options to get surgery. um, And most likely he could be paralyzed from that surgery. Um, or heal himself or not and be paralyzed. Just he didn't really have many options, right? So he went ahead and he did not proceed with the surgery. Instead, he took months and months and months and meditated by himself and he restructured his spine. So just like you can restructure your mind and mentality, it's a it's kind of the same. It's like pretty much hard no matter what. But yeah, he was able to walk again. He's able to make people see again. He can make them, like, release their pain and release their diseases. Like, you literally can just... If you're not born with a disease, you can totally restructure it. So, I have scoliosis, like, severe. Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry, <laughs> I got a call. Um, I tried to, like think of how my spine can stack straight instead of like uh, backwards S and it's crazy. It's crazy how I imagine in my mind. Um, I don't really know if it's working because I'm not dedicated to it. You know, I'm not like paralyzed. It's not the only thing I'm doing with my life, but we have, we have the ability. So we have the ability to manifest greater things, but we also have the ability to rewire our whole brain think differently see differently like it's, a, it's so amazing. yeah yeah like if you weren't born with something right i wasn't born with anxiety so why do i have it i acquired it but doesn't mean i can't get rid of it absolutely it's just like people aren't born with work ethic and commitment and things yeah. like that and that that's a sweet spot because that's where there's like a conflict, I believe, with people who don't believe in themselves because they're probably in an environment where their parents didn't believe mm-hmm. in themselves. So you're going to embody what the, the thoughts and the beliefs, I mean, you become just like yeah. your parents, you know, and if they were negative, you're going to be negative. But think about this, like objectively, they just, you're the offspring of two people all of their thoughts in total were how you're going to think. And then the feelings associated with those thoughts are how you're going to feel. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Sorry. I have to tell you something after. (laughs) So essentially, just like you said, if you just think differently, then associate a new emotion with that, you could hardwire yourself to be a completely different person. And like, there's so much trauma with um it's so sad 
to say this, but a lot of people's family, like we, um, our parents, like we get mad at them for the way we are because we mimic them and we look up to them when we were younger, like we were sponges. Well, like my mom, she went through a lot. Like I'm not going to go into it, but damn, like I feel bad for her. And I often, I get mad at her for like the way she is, but we have to remember like they're trying to heal too. And a lot of our parents, like, I don't think they've ever reached that, that feeling of wanting to heal or they did like, don't know how to, um, so that leads to the point of the death meditation. I think I talked to you about it, didn't I? A little bit. Oh, okay. Well, really fast. So I went to this death meditation in Grand Rapids and um, craziest thing I've ever done in my whole life. Like the most purging emotional roller coaster of like, I don't even know. I was, everyone was crying. There was 92 people in one room and people who've never meditated before, um, like older guys who had like just weren't really interested, but their girlfriends or wives brought them there. And every single person in this room felt their own emotions because like it, this girl who led this, um, she made us go back to when we were five when we were 10, when we were 15, until we were like our age now. And she made us feel everything that we were suppressing. And it was nuts because she like led us to how our parents, like if they loved us or not, and like all the trauma that they took on us. And if you ever have the chance to do a death meditation, you got to do it. (laughs) Like it's amazing. I've heard, I've heard of it. I really have heard of it. I'm not skeptical about it, but because my, emotions have been so suppressed i feel like i have like i feel like i have a couple things to unlock in terms of that because i've always been so stoic and and have been so hard that um there's a lot that i need to unpackage in that realm i would love to do something well i I think it's like it's good to do probably once every few years like it's not what i expected at all but the stuff that she brought out of each individual person doesn't have to be like personal. It wasn't personal at all. Really. It was like, she brought you to your last moments on earth and like your eye gazing with your partner. So you're, you're seeing your mom's face in your partner's eyes. Like it's, it's just like such a weird, yeah. Like I saw my boyfriend's face in my friend's eyes because I picked him as the last person I'd see on earth. Like, and then you hug your partner, but you feel you're not, you're not in this realm. Like you're totally detached from reality and you're hugging this person as if it's the last hug. And it's like, just shows so much gratitude. So there is a part where it's like, good. There's also a part where she brings out bad memories, but how healing is that? Right. I mean, no one wants to do that, but like, I didn't want to pay fifth. I didn't want to pay. You know, you know what? I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna interject and say that people need to start doing way more that they're. Oh yeah, hundred percent. People need to do like resistance. Pressure makes the diamond, yeah. and a lot of people aren't doing things that really um, are challenging to them. Therefore, 
their laundry is yeah. hard. Yeah. You know, like, I think it's really good to do things that are outside of the box and outside of the norm for you to heal because, like, trauma, for instance, you talked about your mm-hmm. mom and trauma. Trauma therapy is actually very good. Yeah, yeah. Like, trauma what's that ther- one that you mentioned? EASMR, something like that? You said ASMR? No, 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 no. It's the... <laughs> You know what ASMR? No, it's oh. EFDR, but you know what I ASMR do know is? what it is. <laughs> yeah. The like it's whispering so, and people get like so all chill. weird. I get like that with certain music though, so like I don't really like tune into that stuff, but yeah, that's so weird. Yeah, so weird. Whatever though. But no, EMD, EMDR is a form of trauma therapy that I've heard wonderful things about it i'm actually going to be doing it in the next couple weeks so i'm going to have to get back to you if anybody's had trauma in their life um talk therapy is amazing Mm -hmm. but i know and i could um side on the side with this person doesn't know about my life so how are they going to help me with my problems i understand that firsthand but it is good to get an outside perspective so you could rationalize and talk about Mm -hmm. your life i think it's one, one of five tools in your toolbox. So talk therapy is one if you have uh, things that you want to grow in in your life. Because like that's a that's a thing in general, like self growth. Like I've been a hockey coach my whole life, so the thought of having a coach is so normal to me. I don't realize how abnormal it is yeah. for most people. So like going to talk therapy to me, I'm like hell yeah, I want to go talk uh-huh. to somebody. Like, I love chatting <laughs> up with somebody who's going to help me with my life. The thought of that being, like, taboo is hilarious right. to me. And so EMDR, if you've had trauma, it helps you disassociate and get rid of the emotional tie you have to your traumatic experience. Because the thing about trauma, and, like, for me, I have PST, PTSD in a way where some of my traumatic moments in my life I relive those and I relive the emotions of it you know how tough that is on the nervous system it's very it's very bad on the nervous system so EMDR is a type of therapy that helps you disassociate the person that it happened Mm -hmm. with and you just associate the emotion and how you felt and how to unpackage that essentially so it's not necessarily brand new, but it's really new to a lot of people. And if you've experienced trauma, look up EMDR and It's it awesome. Yeah, you'll have to let me know how it goes. I'm interested in it. I will. I want to do um, hypnosis therapy or past life regression. <laughs> oh, my gosh. One of my friends yeah. did that. Oh, it literally took him back. It took him back like five. Oh lifetimes. my gosh! He ended oh up. He ended up. He ended up. He said he went all the way back to being uh, like a Viking. A Viking. He woke. He woke up as like his great 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 grandfather, like the fifth what? one, and it was as if he was like a Viking king, wow. and he was like. Yeah, it was crazy. I forgot what country uh-huh. he was from. I, feel, I, I, I don't remember, but he was talking about 
how he would go back like 50 years, 50 years, 50 years. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, the person who was doing the hypnosis with them, and he was feeling the emotion wow. of how these people felt. Yeah, I, that was pretty. Exciting. I got my. I don't know about no, all that. No, I believe in wild. it. I um have been really into my birth chart, so my boyfriend's brother he reads it for me, and like I'm kind of learning how to do it too. So we went over my um my north node, which is my destiny. My south node is my past lives, and my past life. I think my recent one was like it says, uh, natural healer, like spiritual healer, um create like I don't know it was very specific but then we went back further and he starts in something about like pioneer ages I don't even know <laughs> like like it was so weird and I was like how how is this even accurate but it is like so what what tell me because I honestly I know like zodiac signs oh that, yeah that's like I don't know anything. Is this an astrology yeah, so thing? Yes, so it's what is simply it? astrology. And, okay, this sounds so cliche, but everyone's birth chart, like, everyone's path and journey is written right in the stars. Like, I know it sounds so silly, but it's so true. And everyone's birth chart is, like, pertained to them based on the time of day. Time, day, uh, place, name, like... No one has the same chart as me if they, unless they were born in Detroit, September 24th, 1997 at 10.35 a.m. with the same name. Like, so all of these charts are so different. Um, and there's, so there's 12 houses, right? There's 12 houses on your birth chart. And your birth chart never moves. It's always the same, but there's aspects. So, for example, I'll go on my little, my app right now. Um, so there's different aspects like the sun rising, uh, Gemini, I don't know, for example, it'll tell you what's going on right now in the highest degree. So that's kind of like your daily horoscope. So all of the other apps that people use, like, uh, hundred percent aren't, <laughs> would not use those. Those are very naive. Um, but this app is called time passages and it's so amazing. Like it's so in depth. It literally shows you, um, your, so your North node, it shows you basically, it's kind of like a map to your own life. So your 12 houses, they'll, um, indicate friends, family, relationships, uh, financial situations, communication, spirituality. Like it identifies every single point in your life. And it's just like it's amazing. <laughs> I think you should really get into it. You would love it. You should send me send me a message. I'll yeah, it it's called I'll time passages, it. but you can just as long as you know your um, time of birth. Uh, I'll do it for you. I can just send you the chart and then like read it to you over the phone. Like you need it. You need. You need it down. Yeah, to the down minute. to the minute. Mm-hmm. Really. Yeah. I don't even think that all made sense because there's so much to know about it, but it's it's crazy. <laughs> I love getting lost in research. Yeah, so. you would like it. There's like a there's a star too. It's called Chiron, and that's the healing, like kind of like trauma healing, how it will affect you. Um, and that specific star, like if you read on that, um, it'll tell you like how to heal and like, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs>
That's really cool. So what is your what is what is your vision for your podcast and what is, what made you do this? I, I'm curious. Well, I'm kind of I'm honestly sick of like listening to everyone else talk because I've held in so much information all my life and I feel like not many people understand me and my close relationships. Um it's hard for people. It's hard for me to like talk to my parents about things. My friends, they all think I'm weird. I don't care though. So then I got this mindset, like, damn, I know there's a few people out there that would need to hear what I'm like talking about, like whether they're just interested or whether they really need this kind of practice and healing and motivation and like inspiration. Um, yeah, that's kind of what's driven me to do this. So I'm excited. I don't, (laughs) I think I the most views I had on my podcast is like fifteen, but you got to you got to start somewhere. No, that's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> I I took a picture. I took a picture of my on my Mailchimp my uh, email subscription link. I started at zero and I took a picture of zero because in the next coming years, like we're gonna see what that number ends up being. Yeah. And if you if your your intent's in a good place, so people are gonna tune in to it. I I firmly believe that, and I think it's great because you're opening up dialogue mm-hmm. to spirituality and people being open, and that that's what it's about more than anything. I believe is the discussions and the communication about it, opening yeah. doors to people feeling comfortable and vulnerable. Because at the end of the day, everybody's just trying to get yeah. better, and it's about. I think people do too much judging and don't look at themselves in the yeah. mirror you know usually when you judge you're judging yourself because you're judging somebody in comparison uh-huh. to you and people don't realize yeah. that that's a really like that's a twister for some people in their brain when you judge somebody you're judging it's a reflection yeah you're saying mm-hmm. i'm better than that right like for example you know? i have people who message me daily and they're like some people are like, oh, what does this crystal do for me, right? What is, um, how do I meditate this way? They're kind of, they're being enlightened in a way, right? They're on their own journey. But then, listen, I have people, I hope she's not going to listen. And if you are listening, I love you. I'm not trying to be mean to you. But <laughs> this one girl um, messaged me and she said, how do I, where do I buy chakras at? And, okay, I giggled to myself because I was like, damn, this girl like clearly needs some direction, but she's oh, coming to. Oh, that's amazing! I feel like, like that's a, no, that's the best question. Yeah, like she's coming to me for this, and then there's other people who yeah. know about shockers, they but they don't know about this, and I think that in America there's no such thing as a bad question. Yeah, and there's like people are becoming like awakened, and it's Get, it's never. I want to buy a chakra. <laughs> Where do you? <laughs> you should start you should start selling chakras. Yeah. Well then We're doing that. I'm gonna make a, I'm gonna build a website tonight. I'm gonna call you tomorrow. We're building we're selling chakras. <laughs> you could sell crystals like the colors of chakras. They're no, so we're selling funny, chakras. Though. But yeah, you can't judge, you know what I mean? Like she's on her own little journey, no. she's trying and like you just gotta be here for people and you gotta make them grow with you. Honestly, it's a forever journey. Yeah. There's no race. Nope. You, you, uh, one of the most important things is start where you are. And the, I, I keep relearning this, but I finally crossed the mark. Like it's in life. It's you versus you. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. There's no keeping yeah. up with the Joneses. No. Fuck the Joneses. <laughs> there's no. There's nobody like it. Really is you versus how you were yesterday. When you look at that, you're gonna get to where you want to be. Whether it's spirituality, relationships. Like I think there's five to seven pillars of life. Yeah. Your physical, yeah. your physical health, your mental health, your spirituality, community, relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, what am I missing? Like, those are the pillars. Yeah. And you've got to be great, yeah. grateful. And it's funny because, like, in my life, I I was all in on a couple and I completely lost the other ones. And what happened? I collapsed yeah. because it's not, it's not necessarily even about being completely balanced. But spirituality is a big thing because religion literally got thrown in the trash our generation yeah a lot of people they don't believe in anything and if you don't believe in anything you think you're god yeah that's so true wait all how many people a lot of people walking around that are millennials that are my age or younger a little older they think they're god they think they know everything yeah oh i know so many people like like, that (laughs) yeah it's like bro you're you're check the check yeah you're always mean you're resentful you're like what don't play the judge victim game like mm-hmm. you, you know just take it one day at a time yeah. let's go slow right. lose it let lose the ego because the more you think you know actually the more you learn the more you realize you don't know and that's the beautiful mm-hmm. thing people think it's actually a crutch to think you know everything yeah it's, I, and if when, you if you know everything you, Oh, I don't even know. I don't know how to explain it, but you need curiosity. If you're not curious in life, like there's, you're never going to grow at all. So you hear it all the time. You hear, you hear, you have conversations with people daily and people just shut you out or tune you out or what you say they can't resonate with. So they get, they feel attacked. Yeah. Yeah. And I see that all the time. Yeah. Because it, you see it in politics. You see it with friends. Like for me, like people think I attack them all the time because I love going toe to toe with ideals. And it's not because I think I'm right. It's because I want to know how you think and feel. Mm-hmm. So when I question people, their face gets red or they get, they feel triggered or they feel they hate me or they're mad at me. And I'm like, wait a minute here. We're on the same team. Yeah. I just don't know what you believe in so right. tell me what you believe in so I can understand you this is out of love and they feel attacked and it's very interesting and this is a big thing going on right now it's like you could be a democrat or republican and be really good friends or it was like um Ellen DeGeneres I think she was with like President Bush and got like um completely bombarded by her fan base saying how oh, you're a liberal how can you be with it's like he's a human being i'm sitting next to him at a ball game yeah who cares like, <laughs> like what are we talking about yeah like, you know what i yeah. mean yeah like no seriously. and then the people the people who are saying these things like they act like they're perfect and they're not so it's really just having dialogue and having the conversation that's really important and not feeling like you know everything especially mm-hmm. with friends Nowadays, you, it seems like people with different views are having a really tough time contextualizing it and also being open to other people's opinions when 
the only way you we learn and grow as a society and as people is to talk about things and to open up and express how you feel. If you're not willing to ask somebody a question about their opinions, their thoughts, their beliefs, A, you don't care about them, and B, they're not going to care about what you think and feel. Right. Exactly. You have to reciprocate it. It has to be. It has to be circular because most people, they're hurt, they're angry, they don't know what they believe in. Now we have identity politics, so we have a lot of people who are identifying with a group, but they don't really even believe in that. They just don't feel a part of anything. Yes, that's such a problem and an issue. Like, oh, I know. It's it's major. Talking about this stuff makes me want to be like a monk and like live in the woods and (laughs) you know what what I mean? (laughs) Like, I don't even want to deal with it. It is, and, and honestly, that's how so many people feel. Yeah. Because, you know, it's like I read one article eight weeks ago. I am this. No, Susan. <laughs> you're not, you're not the article, Susan. You're not. Right. You're like, you're not. And, and that's what happens when people attach their identity yeah. with with an ideal. I mean, it's, it, in my opinion, I laugh at the whole Republican versus Democrat in itself, because you're not all one thing or you're not all another. No. And Democrats and Republicans have switched over the years. And it's just very um, short-sighted, especially in the 21st century, to think that you're going to be one or the other and or to think that if you're one, you can't not like the other right. one. It's just very, it's very small-minded, limited thing. Labeling. It shouldn't even be a thing. Like, I don't I don't labeling. even, like, label myself as, like, a, a spiritualist because I feel like I'm so many different things. Who cares what I am? Also, my cousins, they thought just because they went to Adrian means I came out a liberal. And, no i swear to god he's like so like if you're listening kevin like i don't care um he's like such an like an american like i get it like he facebook's every day about politics but listen every time i see him he's like stop being such a freaking liberal (laughs) you know what you know what i was i was just listening it's funny you know what we call people who do that um political hobbyists Uh, yeah, seriously. Political hobbyist. Polit- like, you're not in politics, no. but it's a hobby for you, so you post about it, so you feel oh, a part of so it. so annoying. Well, like, how dare anyone put a label on me? Just because I went to a liberal arts college doesn't mean, like, yeah, I have liberal views, but, I like, who cares what I am? I don't think I'm 50% this and 50%. Like, you know what I mean? It's... Or 100% well, this. I'm like, everything. And everyone should be everything. And that goes for everything in life. Like, just because you write a book. I mean, yeah, you're an art, you're an author, but you're also an inspirational speaker. And you know what I mean? Like, there's so much more to absolutely. just... Absolutely. You don't... I, you're, you're not what you... You're not what you did. You're not the one thing yeah. that you did. It's just like you're not your right. job. You're not your job. You're not your political view. You're more yeah. than that. And when you think that short-sighted, usually you don't have an mm-hmm. open mind. And you're not, you know, you're very close-minded. And honestly, it's ignorant because 
if you want to know somebody's political views or you want to have an intellectual or logical or rational conversation, you ask them right. a question. You have the discussion. Yeah. You, don't, you don't say you're this because I saw Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Are you... No. What? You saw me. You saw me post a sentence. Therefore, your full belief on my beliefs is that yeah. sentence, bruh. Yeah. You need to go to. <laughs> no, Adrian. seriously. I think it was because I posted something about like homeless people, and how like upsetting and like I feel like really weird about about it, like not giving anything to them. I think that's what stemmed it. But like every poster in college, I'm sure it was probably liberal based. Yeah, no one has the right to ever label someone. And I think that I'm strong enough not to really give a fuck. But <laughs> it's just right. But at at the same at the same time, uh you're twenty two. Okay, you're twenty two years old. Honestly, I don't think like I think whether it's voting or politics in general, people in their twenties from 20 to 29, you're going to change so many of your ideologies based on life yeah. experience, where you live, your environment, your economic status, mm-hmm. your um, your social responsibilities, your community environment, your family environment, where you grew up, where your friends are. The list goes on, and it's going to change two or three or four times, or you're going to be fiscally conservative and socially liberal or yeah. whatever it's going to be. But if things are going to change in your 20s and to think that somebody can't have an opinion at one period of time and to think that they can't grow in that context and to think that they can't uh, evolve in their way of thinking and political beliefs is it's malarkey. Right. Yeah, I so agree. And I'm sure, he, like, other people you know? like him, like, they've been through it too. That's probably why the way they are. Um, essentially, but yeah, you're not one thing your whole life. You're right. always constantly changing. No, you're always growing. But politics, honestly, is such a slippery slope. I try yeah. not to talk about it because it, there's no winning. No. And, and one thing that I've learned about talking about politics or anything for that matter is if you're going into the conversation to win, you lost. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. Right? Because if if you're trying to win, if you're a big Trump supporter and I'm an Elizabeth Warren supporter, a Bernie Sanders supporter, and I want free health care and free college, do you think I'm going to get you to to switch your beliefs? No. So from that context and that capacity, what are you doing? Right. (laughs) What? What's your motive? That's so funny. <laughs> what's your motive? Because at the end of the day, if it's to be right, you're literally wasting energy because you're not going to convert somebody. It's literally the same thing in sales. Don't sell to people who don't want to buy yeah. what you're selling. People just want to be heard. That's, like, I mean, and it makes sense. I get it. I totally understand. It's just you're talking to the wrong people probably. I don't know. Yeah. Politics. So slippery. We'll see what happens in this election. Yeah, I don't need. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I don't want to say. I'm not going to say who I'm voting for. Yeah, it's a secret. That's funny. Not like, oh my God, tell me, did you see the Iowa caucus and the coin flip with Bernie Sanders? Wait, what? 
No. Oh, my gosh. The Iowa caucus, there's this kid flipping a coin, I think, to see who won it. He flips the coin, goes to turn it over, sees that it wasn't the side he wanted, flips it, then turns it over on his hand. Smacks it down. <laughs> oh, my God. This kid should yeah. go to jail. Like, they literally, the one, like, the vote for the Democratic Party, I believe, I could be, like, partially wrong on this, was based uh-huh. on a lie. Like, you can watch the video on YouTube, this kid flipping the coin, and he, he oh, like, mind you, there's cameras right. on this kid, and no, no one questions him, but he flips the coin over, sees it wasn't the side he wanted, oh and flips gosh. it back. How old is he? Probably like in his twenties or something. Oh, wow. I don't know. It was. I haven't. I don't like look at anything on TV. I don't know when the last time I really watched TV. I haven't watched TV. <laughs> oh, you probably saw that on like social media, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I think I know Joe Rogan. Oh, was talking about I love it. Joe Rogan. Let's get him. Let's get him I on do. here. <laughs> oh my gosh! You don't want you to pay Joe Rogan. I know, Rogan. right? Fuck. I. His podcast is incredible. We should try, though. Like, why not? I listen. I'll hit, hit him up. up yeah. Hit him up. <laughs> we'll see. Well, your podcast is So is great. your... Oh, wait. <laughs> Whatever you're doing. Are you doing one? I am going to. I, I kind of just, like, yeah, let that sure. out. Sorry. I don't know if anyone was going to find out sooner or later. Um, I'm going to... Yeah, I'm taking my time with yeah. everything. We're playing chess, yeah, remember? Yeah. Yeah. You, gotta, you have so many lifetimes. Like, I mean, don't wait for the next lifetime to freaking make a podcast or uh, what, do your write your book. But, yeah, don't rush it. You want quality. No, I definitely hope, I hope I'm not going to wait a whole <laughs> No, I know. Once you – if you get into astrology, though, like, you don't, you shouldn't rush that because that – takes like decades and lifetimes but yeah i'm in, i'm definitely in no rush i'm a student of life <laughs> right now so yeah all right I'm my gonna friend put that on my resume. are you yeah it was good talking to you thank you for having yeah me for sure. um let me know when you want me on your podcast i'll be a star on it right on we'll be in touch send me a message um for the astrology stuff. I'm yeah, you know up. your uh, time of birth? And if you... I think it's like 11, 12, okay. November 11, 12. Confirm it. But for, for any of the viewers, if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's at cleone05. Yeah, follow out. him. He has great content. All right, Chris, thanks so much. I will stop. <laughs> My sister just walked in here. Say hi, Kayla. Hi, Chris. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for listening. We'll probably be back on soon. Let's get back on what? <laughs> Later. Later.